Have you ever wondered what makes bodies tick? Are you creating the sexual reality you desire and require? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? What if your fantasies are not as strange as you thought they were? What if you could learn to be kinder to your body and kinder to others' bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Have you lost your mojo and wondered where to find it? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, Body Whisperer, Melissa Yelenich. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melissa Yelenich. I have a very intriguing topic today, but first I'm going to talk a little bit about me. Um, one of the things uh, I do is I like to do body work, so I move bodies to line spines to create more ease in bodies. And one of the most fun things that I find to do is to always be in the ground bodies, like what would be ease for this body? What would be fun for this body? What movement would this body like? Um, I have an apprentice that's about 15 years old, and she's been with me for the week. She comes with, uh, stays with me every uh, couple weeks, and so for a week, I get to like hang around and play with thing, uh, things and just check out like what else we can do with bodies. And this week, we were playing with uh, movement for people who have limited movement. So, um, yeah, we were playing with creating all kinds of movement for people in wheelchairs, exercises. It was a great week. So. We had lots of fun with that. Um, also, I learned how to swear in like 45 different languages, which was awesome. Um, I can say itty-bitty cock in Hungarian now and um, all kinds of great things. There's actually a side note, a really great website called youswear.com, and you can find swearing from any language, including bacon on there, uh, which is sizzle, sizzle, sizzle means fuck you in bacon. So if you would like to learn any swearing in any language, that's a great place to go. Um, that's a total side note, but it is, you know, totally appropriate for the pleasure zone because you can learn so much there. Like, say you're going to Quebec and you'd like to know how to get it on with somebody in a, a really, you know, naughty kind of way. That's a great website to go to so you can actually find out all of this information uh, so that you have ease with language, with with anything to do with, you know, receiving pleasure. But also, you know, if you need to tell somebody off, it's great for that, too. So um, I got lots of fun with bodies this week. And I also um, love, love, love playing with energies in different ways, whether it's through verbal processing um, and verbal processing is something that I learned through access consciousness, which is where you ask questions to kind of bring up an awareness. And as you bring up an awareness, then you can start to clear all the sort of stuff that comes out of your subconscious around those questions. And then you do your magic clearing um, and things start to change for you, which is freaking amazing. I've had, it's been a really fun week for me that way that I've um, been playing even with um, the energy of choosing to even start to listen to other people's work and my life starts to expand. So if my life has been expanding by even considering listening to other people's work and I haven't even actually got to press on the click to listen, uh, how much can these shows on A to Zen change your life, expand your life by just listening to them? Um, even if you just choose to listen to them and don't even know if you have the time to listen to them. There are phenomenal shows on here for all of you uh, who are listening. Like Literally, if you tune in at any time of day to this channel, you'll find something on here. It runs 24 hours a day, and there's always something playing. So please check it out and listen at all various times. You'll find all kinds of neat things uh, there. So one of the cool, cool um things that I do is the bars, which is an amazing body process um, energy work. And you're going to hear an ad later on in the show about that. Um, so I won't give you too much information, but you can go to accessconsciousness.com and find out more about that. And you can also visit my website, www.milicajelenic.com. And I got some videos on there for all the kinds of stuff I do. If you go under sessions, you can find out uh, all the kinds of things I'm into. Um, I don't have everything listed there, but I have most of it. And I will be adding to it because my work is always being added to. Um, so one of the things I have coming up, the completely spontaneous thing. So this show is being pre-recorded. 
um, because about uh, 24 hours ago, I chose to do something on Monday night, which is when you guys will be listening to this in a more live way. Um, I'll be facilitating some body classes and then uh, going to something like a speed networking. So I'm really excited to go and meet all these new people um, and let them know about uh, you know what I do, what we do, what access is. And also to let them know that we have a radio station out there. So some of them might, who knows, we might get some new people on the radio coming soon. We'll see what shows up. So I'm very excited about all of that. And um, on June 7th, if any of you love to travel and you're not in the Toronto area, and if you are in the Toronto area, I have a fantastic um bars class and I say it's fantastic because every bars class I've ever attended or facilitated has rocked my world and for some people it's rocked theirs as well actually I usually get really good feedback and most people say that it's contributed something uh, lots of somethings to their lives so so if anybody's in the chat room um, and they'd like to listen to this pre-record they can call in so I, I like I'm not even sure what I'm saying. I'm just saying what my producer told me to say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I... Okay, whatever that was, I'm going to keep on moving. So uh, today, our topic, and, and I thought, okay, so Pleasure Zone, what else have we? can we talk about that we haven't talked about before? Last week, um, I did a show that was about sex toys, and I hadn't talked about that yet. Like certain things that you would think might just be a tad obvious for sex shows are things I've not actually talked about yet. So I'm going to some really obvious topics. And today, um, the topic, I've called it Golden Showers Bring May Flowers. So if any of you are familiar with the terminology of golden showers, it has to do with fetishes. And what I do is that there's actually more of a technical word for that. There is a scientific name for it. Of course, like most of these fetishes have scientific name. And if I can just find it, it has something to do with, um, some people actually call it water sports. So um, that was part, part of the inspiration for the show is, uh, just because I was seeing about April showers bring May flowers, and it kind of switched into golden showers bring May flowers. So we've got um, that as one of our topics, is the area of what people are calling water sports, and the name in uh, Latin, since we're going to get technical on this, is called urolagnia. It's uh, it's actually apparently the, one of the more common fetishes. So, of course, you know me, research. Research is great. You know, it's funny. I was just saying to a friend of mine I was on Skype with, uh, I was saying, you know, like in university where I was required to do a lot of research. Um, and it's funny because a lot of research I did was for classes that I'd specifically chosen out of interest. And some of them were history of sex classes, sexuality classes, religion classes, um, like things that weren't really to do with my major, but they certainly contributed to me getting better grades. So in in those classes, I tended to do research, but in the ones that I was um, actually required to do research, I would do everything under the sun to avoid it because it didn't really interest me. Um, and now the research is so accessible. I, I love Google searching everything. There's so much information that's so easy to get. And one of the things that I love now researching, and I swear I could get a PhD in, it is uh, all kinds of things sexual related. So I found a cool, a cool, some cool information today on the top 10 fetishes. So according to this list, we're going to go with some top 10 fetishes. Also, um, I really was curious, like, what is the difference between a fetish and a turn-on? Because you know, you don't really know what the difference is. And um, there isn't a lot of information on there about what uh, the difference between a fetish and a turn-on is. So energetically, uh, I was kind of feeling about that. And I asked my lover what the difference between a fetish and a turn-on is. And he just felt like one is more extreme than the other. And so, and he's right here beside me for like the first time. He's actually hanging with me during my show. How's it get better than that? His clothes are on. Otherwise, I would be having a much different conversation, and you guys would likely uh, not be getting a lot of words out of me. So, though for today, we're going to talk. We're, I'm going to get back on track, guys. Just getting back on track here. Fetishes. 
um, are so fish, according to Wikipedia, fetishes, sexual fetishism or erotic fetishism is a sexual focus on a non-living object or non-genital body part. So the object of interest is called the fetish. The person who has a fetish for the object is a fetishist. So a sexual fetish may be regarded as a non-pathological aid to sexual excitement. And it, apparently it can also be a mental disorder if it causes significant psychosocial distress for the person or has a detrimental effect on their life. So like if your obsession with something um, to turn you on, say your, uh, your sort of like obsession with Oh, well, one of them, I'll give you an example because I looked this up. I had seen a special on TV about uh, something called objectophilia. And there was a woman who had this, um, you know, and it became like a complete obsession with her life to the point where she married the Eiffel Tower. Um, now, the people that are in charge of the Eiffel Tower have actually asked her to divorce the Eiffel Tower and stop telling people she's married to it. Um, and it devastated her. Like, she truly has this connection to the Eiffel Tower. She would go there. She would caress it. It turned her on. Like, this was, like, something that was, like, really, really um, significant to her in her life in order to kind of get her to be um, feeling at ease in her body was to have this connection and relationship with the Eiffel Tower. So, objectophilia... Uh, that that desire to be that close to an object, um, not humans. They don't really. Somebody with objectophilia doesn't necessarily. And I'm not an expert on this. It's just information I've gotten in some shows I've watched. It's not. Uh, I can't be speaking from personal uh, experience right now. So I'm just giving you information I know. So anybody listening who has objectophilia, please don't get offended if I'm giving the not totally right information. And if you if you are an objectophilia who has objectophilia and would like to come on my show, I'd love to have you on. Um, so contact me. So one of the things is that they have a genuine, um, a genuine, genuine connection uh, to to certain things. So this particular woman who was married to the Eiffel Tower, um, she had this belief and she reasoned that she could be more... Um, more whole if she could actually have this relationship with the Eiffel Tower. And there's been other people. There was a woman who married the Statue of Liberty as well. And there was another woman who had um, a relationship with trains. Uh, I saw that on the show. That wasn't something I found in Wikipedia. Um, so she had a relationship to, sh uh, to um, trains, different uh, things that were mechanical. She liked Ferris wheels. And at one point, she named a Ferris wheel Bruce and then disappeared. And then she found him somewhere and she bought him and so she keeps him. Um, and and so a lot of her things that she's uh, been so in love with have actually uh, changed her life in a way that like she gets romantically involved with the objects and she's ended up losing jobs over them. So some fetishes can actually lead to the extreme where, you know, you get so completely distracted by the obsession that... Um, you kind of lose the sense of creating and living, um, that your living is all to do with the object itself. And and there are people who are um, like not just in love with their car, like they want to look after it, but they actually have a deep, deep uh, connection to their vehicle and want to marry it. There's a fellow who was wanted to marry his car. Uh, he actually had a homosexual relationship with his car. His car to him was male, and he was having a relationship with the car that was male. So there's, uh, like, amazing stuff that I, like, I've just, because it's such a curiosity to me what turns on, what gets their bodies going, and what is, um, what contributes to their lives. And the funny thing is so many of these things that contribute to their lives have been deemed um, psycho psychological disorder. So some of them interfere with their life and their living. However, what if it's like, what if we didn't have a point of view about it? If you had no point of view um, about the Eiffel Tower, what if it could turn you on too? So what if these things turn all of us on if we didn't have a point of view about them? So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the other, some other um, fetishes that I found. Thanks for sticking around. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? 
What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? What does optimal cell health mean, and how can you create it? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by Swiss Bionics can improve your well-being in every area of your life. The PEMF mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function. How does it get better than that? Use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function. Cell metabolism and repair begins, and mobility also will increase. Do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at A2Zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Milica Jelanić, and today we're talking Golden Showers Bring May Flowers, everything about fetishes that I can put into one-hour show um, and also bring some awareness to have uh, so we can stop judging our own selves and stop judging other people about what they're choosing that turns them on. So one of the um, things that kind of distinguishes a, a fetish from a turn-on is that Oftentimes, um, well, one of the things is that most of the time fetishes have been started or so therapists um, and counselors and uh, those people who have done research on this say is that uh, fetishes usually have developed from masturbation as a young child with one of these objects or one of these uh, circumstances in their life and that that object or scene serves as a reminder, which is what turns uh, them on. So. One of the questions is, that some people are asking is that is having a fetish harmful because they actually can, you know, certain ones can be um, and and some of them can put you in danger if you have you know, a fetish for fire on your body or, you know, you can create danger on your body. Those are not some of the top 10 most common uh, fetishes though. So some of the top 10 common ones um, and the fun thing was when I did this research is like there was stuff that I learned about on Jerry Springer, the kid that I actually didn't know was, I thought it was a Jerry Springer show joke, but this is actually real. So one of the top 10 is where people, uh, adults, uh, like to be babies. So they're called adult babies. And they like to enjoy being babies again. So they'll even have like the diaper, they'll have, uh, the whole scene with, uh, cribs and everything and they like to be babied. 
Um, they like to suck on a bottle or a pacifier. They like to dress in baby clothes. They like to crawl instead of walk. And they like to baby talk. I like to do baby talk, but I didn't know that was a fetish. It actually isn't a turn on for me. I just use it to get my daughter to do um, it works as a manipulation with her. So most, they say it's actually they're calling it infantilism. Um, individuals that are interested in infantilism are most likely enjoying the nurturing aspect. So, you know, everybody receives nurturing in different ways. And for some people, the only time that they had that is when they were babies and maybe that left them, right? So, you know, what if some of these fetishes too, if we were to allow people to just have the space to, to have the nurturing that they require, you know, there's space for it to change. And what if it's not a wrongness? What if it doesn't have to? But for the people who, if it's running your life and it's that you actually can't function um, to generate money, to generate um, joy in other area of your life, and you're desperately holding on to that as the only source for for pleasure in your life, then, um, you know, in order to have a more expansive life, and if that's what you're choosing and like, perhaps there's ways that you could um, choose something different, you know? So what if you can receive nurturing in another way that would also be amazing for you and what if whatever you're choosing is also not a wrongness but if you would like more that there are ways to receive that so that you're not stuck like some of these fetishes like people feel like this is the only and only way they can get turned on is is having these so what what for any of us who have ever had this thing with like there's only one way i can get turned on but it's not necessarily a fetish um for me in my life i had the sort of thing where it was like, well, the, I'm the only one who can turn me on because nobody else can, uh, you know, stroke my foot the way I can because I'm such a pro because I've been doing it since I was practically born. But, you know, what if we can look beyond that and start to receive from other things? So with fetishes, my question is like, with if there's only one that can turn you on, are you willing to allow other things into your life to turn you on as well? Can there be more than, you know, so everything that doesn't allow you to actually receive from more than one thing, would you be willing to do that now? And what if that one thing is amazing contribution to your life? Would you be willing to actually receive even more of out of it than just sexual um, arousal? So what if there's so much more to that? So being a baby, so that's one of them. And the other one is swinging. Um, and swinging is where most people who are in a committed relationship will indulge with other couples. And, you know, there's places all over the world that are committed to that. So uh, hedonism in Jamaica is committed to that. So if you, you know, are a couple, I think you can even go there if you're single. I don't really know. But um, the idea of having multiple partners simultaneously is part of it. Part of the swinging is also... Um, categorized with group sex so uh that's that's another one of those things and part of the some of the stuff that comes up in those is often feelings of jealousy or low self-esteem and issues with trust so sometimes sometimes some of these fetishes do create some stuff in relationships so before indulging or choosing it like really start to ask some questions you know if i choose to be with a person whose fetish is swinging or if I choose to be the person whose fetish is group sex, um, does this is this a contribution to my life? Is it a contribution for me to choose them? What will my life be like if I choose this? So that you can come from a place of empowerment rather than from a place of feeling like, oh, well, I chose this person. And, you know, sometimes you choose them and you think you're going to change it. Um, and what if you're not? So what if you can allow them to be who they are? and what turns them on works for them. And what if you can start asking some questions that if you are a person who has a fetish and you're not comfortable with it, um, just to start asking about that, like, does it work for you? And Keisha's sweet. She's asking if there's a bum fetish, bum holding fetish. And I believe I've created that, Keisha. So thank you for the question. Um, I, I do believe that I am, maybe I'm the initiator of the bum holding fetish. Uh, it's not that it's the only thing that turns me on, but it does contribute to my life and and the life of others. It's an energetic contribution as well as a physiological contribution. It's like, you know, wakes up the body, physiological response to touch. It's, it's really, it, there's scientific proof and I'll be doing some studies on how bum holding can change your life just so that I, I no longer have to uh, justify 
to to the world that this is actually really a contribution to everybody, everything, and the planet for for the joy of having your bum held. Um, somebody in the in the chat room, not naming names, somebody in the chat room has a boob stroking fetish, and I understand that. So does my daughter. She's seven, but she really has a thing where she's uh, really likes to wherever the boobs are, her hands are. So. You know, there's 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 also like a reminder to to kids. Like kids tend to have these things where they have no point of view about it. It's like their body is happy. They touch it. They're like, woohoo! I'm so turned on and happy. I just touched your body, and they get electrified, excited. And so, what if everything um, that turned us on as a kid wasn't a wrongness, and we could choose that? And what if we didn't have to hide it and turn it into a fetish? So, what if? We all have something like that where we're trying to hide it or trying not to choose that because, you know, we were made really wrong for it as kids. And then we've kind of hid it in a way, and the only way that we can tap into it is through sexual release because we've hidden it so far down, we've actually shoved it in our butts and we can't locate it until somebody actually, like, releases it. Uh, maybe that's part of my bum fetish. I've got to release all my hidden secret desires from my bum. It's possible, right, guys? I think it might be. So in the chat room, um, there's discussion about somebody who was in, they were a massage therapy instructor. I don't want to name names till I read the whole thing. Um, she would devote her entire class, a full day, to there is nothing like a good bum rub. It was a very popular class. I love it. So that was Keisha. And Keisha used to be a massage therapy instructor. And, you know, I would have been co-facilitating those classes with you, Keisha. And think about that. What can we recreate there? What can we create that hasn't been created? I love it. So <laughs> there's requests. There's requests in the back back end of the chat room right now for having um, bum stroking classes and bum adoration classes. We can just call it I adore your back space. I don't know. What can we call it? I adore your bum. I'm not sure. Let me play with that. So I think... Oh, I still have two and a half minutes. Yay. I'm watching my time because sometimes I talk right over my breaks. So let me talk about the next one. So we talked about the fetish of the last one we talked about was swinging. And the next one, and I kind of touched on this, was the topic of the show, water sports. It's the sexual arena is called urolagnia or urolania. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. Um, but it's actually one of the most common ones, being aroused by urine, whether it's the feel or smell of it. It may involve the con consummation or active bathing in urine as well. I actually used to work in a in a bookstore and there in the book we in the bookstore we sold a book called Urine Therapy. And a woman came in one day, and we had one on the shelf, and she read it. She read the whole thing. She gave it back to me, and um, she said she, she wanted me to order a new one for her. And I was like, well, you just read the whole book. She said, yeah, but this one, I, the spine has been cracked on it. I said, but you're the one who cracked the spine on it. And then, you know, me being as cute as I am, I said, but you're willing to drink your own pee, but you're not willing to have a book with a broken spine. Well, luckily, my boss got that my sense of humor was right, interesting, and my logic was sound. Um, so we didn't actually order that book. And, you know, so sometimes it's actually therapeutic. What if some of these things are actually therapeutic? Um, who knew? I have not attempted that drinking of urine yet. Um, so I don't know, and possibly it works. I have heard that it does. It can cure things, apparently. So one of the um, common types of urolagnia include wetting oneself or the observation of another person wetting themselves while fully clothed, um, watching the act of someone relieving themselves in the bathroom, or even acting a human urinal. So that's where you actually get pee on. So that's one of the um, the thing. So they say that so a lot of the individuals that are into this type of fetish describe feelings of liberation when they urinate in public and regression to childhood when they feel loved, when they wet themselves or watch another helpless person. It also involves some elements of control and humiliation, especially when someone enjoys relieving themselves on someone else. So there there is some interesting points of view in all of that right like there's a lot of a lot of that stuff that people are 
in the back room there's like grossness going on like yuck what stop well there is a lot of interesting stuff going on so when we come back we will uh, play more with a bunch of other fetishes and uh, all the points of view that come up around that and right at the end Right at the very end, I'm going to do one and only one clearing to try and create all our points of view that have come up on this show. Okay, so when we come back from break, more on fetishes. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What does optimal cell health mean, and how can you create it? Pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by Swiss Bionics can improve your well-being in every area of your life. The PEMF mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function. How does it get better than that? Use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function. Cell metabolism and repair begins, and mobility also will increase. Do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich. So just before we left, we were talking about urinia, the desire to have urine um, on you, peeing on other people, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I didn't actually find a word for pooing on people, but I do know that exists because I saw it in a in a clip that was as a uh, from Team America. If you go onto YouTube and you look up the puppet show, because for those of you who know me know I love puppets, there's a puppet show called Team America. It was a movie, and there's an uncut version of the sex scene, um, and one of the one of the puppets poops on the other puppet. So I do know there's a poop fetish too, but I just don't know what that one's called right now because that doesn't fit into the top 10 right now. So one of the other ones is cross-dressing. And one of my very favorite movies, cross-dressing movies, is called Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It, 
if if you actually like crazy movies with crazy topics and cross-dressing and singing in ABBA, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is freaking awesome for that. And my one of my other favorite cross-dressing movies is Tu Wong Fu. Thank you. And Patrick Swayze is cross-dressing in that one. It's awesome. So a lot of cross-dressing is usually men, um, although there are women who cross-dress as well. Uh, it's been way more exact, say, 15 years. And there's, you know, way more access um, for people to be able to have the freedom to purchase the clothing and the shoes and all of the stuff without feeling awkward because it's been... Especially with these movies and shows, and there's been way more um, widely. There's way more allowance for it. Um, I would have to say there's actually more acceptance. People are just like maybe less, maybe both. So another fetish, um, and sometimes it's specific body parts. In this particular case, foot fetishism comes up in the top ten. And it's surprisingly common. I think I actually had the exact opposite of that for a long time. I had like a foot phobia. So, you know, when a person has a foot phobia, what do you do? I had, I got myself a job in a shoe store. I lasted three days. I had to give up. But I wonder how many people do actually have foot fetishes that work in shoe stores that can help you put your shoes on and it's just to turn on from them because they get to touch your foot, right? So it's one of the most common uh, fetishes is the non-genital body parts and non-sexual objects. So you can have non, non-genital non body part um, fascinations. I guess mine would be armpits and bums, but I think bums are sexual, so what do I know? Um, Sigmund Freud often explained these types of fetishes were due to the fact that human foot resembles a penis. Okay, well, I'm not sure what kind of penis Freud had, but I personally have never seen a penis that looks like a foot. I think if I have, I might have some points to might walk away. I might even run away. Just like, okay, Sigmund, I'm not sure what you had. Maybe it was some kind of genital disorder, but it says a lot, doesn't it? Now we know what was going on with Freud if he thought penises looked like feet. Interesting dude. Everything about that will be clearing later. <laughs> so, uh, so here's another one, spanking. I have to do enjoy spanking people. It's not that it's like the only way to get turned on, but it's it's also not um it's just fun. I just like uh turning bums into bongos and uh I don't know if it's so much as a like deep sexual urge, more as a it's playful and fun. So and I suppose anything that's playful and fun can be a turn on. And in the back end they're telling me that this is way too much information. This is what my show's all about bringing down the barriers and telling people how, you know, what's going down. So we can all lower your barriers, guys, to my love of armpits and my love of bums. Okay, cool. So everything, every point of view you have about that, I will also be clearing later. We're just going to do one at the end. Until then, I'm going to build it up so much that your brains are going to feel like you're going to explode and then you're going to go, this was the craziest show I've ever listened to. Holy crap. Right? That's what I'm, this is my attempt is to get you guys to the peak point. This is where I feel like, you know, this is part of my turn on is to bring you guys to that peak and then let it all out. This is, it's part of my new, I'm creating a new fetish called let all the clearings out at the end and everybody's going to have to have the mega build up to, to the release. Awesome. So spanking, um, especially the bum, um, where the, and there's different erogenous zones where people would like to be spanked. And it's not just the bum, surprisingly. So apparently um, this is also where humiliation and um, turn on is like, like there's this mixed feeling. So it's one of those things like everything that turns you on and everything that turns you off or everything that humiliates you is, it's kind of like the excitement and fear. Like there's this sort of a very... Um, there's a very fine line between excitement and fear and is fear even real? So what if a lot of this stuff that we actually get humiliating even as children were, how many of us created these things to, to get spanked? Because maybe it was the one way to actually receive from your parents and it had nothing to do with um, sex, but it was the one time you got attention. So you felt really good because you finally got attention. So it it becomes a common fetish when that's you know how you've been treated your whole life and the one time you get attention and that's just my point of view so um and with all of my psych background i'm so wise and i've done i've so many people i talk to about this i, I definitely know what i'm talking about 
uh, everything that I just lied about. <laughs> Actually, I do have psych background, but that doesn't make me any smarter than anybody else. So we have um, the next one is voyeurism. And so that's the act of watching other people do stuff. So according to research, there are three one out of three individuals enjoys watching sex or exposing themselves in public. Well, big surprise when we look at the internet and how many um, sites there are for pornography for people to be watched. There are like free sites that you can go to, even where couples are um, putting on like free shows for you. It's like everywhere. So voyeurism being watched, watching is like so, and it's so accessible right now. On the planet so I would say it's probably even increasing from one out of three because it's everywhere and studies show that men are generally more voyeuristic than women um, most women watching sexual acts uh, about four percent actually get turned on where about 12 percent of men do and although in the adult uh, entertainment industry it, sh it says that there's a lot more men that get turned on by that so exhibition Exhibitionism is actually different than voyeurism. Exhibitionism is where um, you actually kind of show yourself off. Um, and that, you know, some people are just exhibitionists where they like to show off their body at the gym or at the beach. And it's different than being a voyeur. So exposing yourself and having sex in public, even though it's illegal, seems to also be a major turn on um, and sort of voyeuristic falls into that category as well creation of like nude beaches and all sort of um and fetish clubs uh, also allow for that sex clubs we do have those um in canada actually i know that they exist in toronto even uh, and montreal so for those of you listening and that's that's something you're into um come to canada this is me um bringing people to canada for for uh for fun right this is my job <laughs> so we're gonna oh next fetish i'm gonna try and get as many of these in as possible but another fetish is for rubber latex um and leathery materials and they call themselves rubberists so the type material often acts uh, as a type of sexual bondage and it's usually the smell of it can also turn people on so um that's another one and uh sexual role play involves two or more individuals acting out different roles or scenarios so that can be anything you know costumes that one um to me seems uh less of a um less of a necessarily thing that could take away from your life but that's just my point of view it might just be like acting and having fun dominate so the number one is actually um, the letters are BDSM, which stands for bondage, domination, submission, and sadomasochism. So these are, you know, a set of behaviors. This is what the dictionary says. It's a set of behaviors, customs, and rituals involving the giving by one individual, another individual, control over them. It involves power exchange between two consenting adults. So this can be in the form of a one-time occurrence, but also there's a lot of times where there's um, a sort of relationship between the dominatrix and the submissive one in the relationship. So I've got about one minute to break. Um, when I when I was doing this research, I thought, okay, these are all um, these are all fetishes. What else could be a fetish? Literally anything can be a fetish because, you know, we look at objective philia, so now all the objects are involved. Um, you know, you could be in love with your lamp, your phone, your door, like anything counts on that front. There's also one that I researched as well that is, um, and I like this word because it's Greek, agalmatophilia, which is from the Greek word um, statue and love. So it has to do with uh, loving statues, dolls, or mannequins, or similar figurative objects. You know, so a lot of this stuff I was talking about last week um, that has to do with uh, toys and stuff, you know, the the doll, the creation of the sex doll, people have uh, a desire for these things, so why not fill the requirements of these people and create that? So when we come back from break... We can talk a little bit more and uh, see what else comes up. Thanks. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. Would you be willing to explore what has already been introduced as sexual practices on this planet? What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation. By tuning into The Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? does optimal cell health mean and how can you create it pulsed electromagnetic field therapy by swiss bionics can improve your well-being in every area of your life the pemf mat stimulates cells to move and create space between cells for optimal cell function how does it get better than that use two to three times per day for eight minutes will improve circulation and immune function cell metabolism and repair begins and mobility also will increase do you desire better health? If you're interested or would like a session, call 613-473-3805 or in Toronto. Call or text 416-253-1617. Monthly rentals start at only $300 per month. Is now the time to choose Optimal Cell Health? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call us in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255-TALK or Canada 613-800-8736 or you can Skype us at A2Zen.fm. You can also make the choice to ask for comment by email by sending to Melitza at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melissa Yelenich, and today the topic is Golden Showers Bring May Flowers. And today we're talking about fetishes. Uh, I was speaking about the top 10 fetishes and then some more um, unusual fetishes. One of the questions in the, the uh, chat room was, is there a fetish for listening? Um, there is actually one. It's called acoustophilia. And one of, um, it's actually in the re in research, and I found some information on a website from a doctor named Mark Griffiths, and his information, um, the name, the name for those two things. So there's one is called acousticophilia, and the other one is ecotourism. I can't, ecotourism. I'm probably not pronouncing it quite correctly, but uh, he was doing some research on on different um, sexual paraphilias. And according to um, some research that he found from Dr. Agarwal, he, they refer to individuals who, so that, acoustophilia and ecotourism, uh, refer to people who derive sexual pleasure and arousal by listening to stories of sexual encounters of others or to sounds of others produced during intercourse, either live or recorded or slightly different definitions of the behavior have been noted as well. So intentionally listening to other people having sex without them being aware of it or consenting to it. 
And there's also sexual pleasure obtained from sounds or listening to sexual or toilet activities of others. So, yes, there's lots of different, um, likely whatever turns you on is probably got a label. So <laughs> part of what I want to say about that is like everything that we've labeled ourselves as or feel that we need a label for to make us normal so that we can somehow be identified and be okay um, and everywhere that we've made any of this, any that anything about fetishes that I've brought up, either right or wrong or strange or, you know, not even strange in a way that's like contributive because there is that strange weird that's contributive. So everything that's right or wrong about anything I said to you and everywhere that you're making it good or bad or everywhere that you would totally refuse it or only choose it and everywhere that any of this is limiting you in your life where you're either living it so much that you can't get past it or that you're refusing to choose it even though it might be a contribution to your body. Uh, everything that's bringing up and everywhere where you decided that oh, the only way to be normal is to either avoid any of this or to, to um, yeah, the only way to be normal is to avoid it. Uh, the only way to fit in is to avoid it. Can we now just destroy and uncreate Everything that this entire show has brought up for you and all your point of view that have been brought up for you around this that would that would limit you in any way and have you stuck in any way so that you can receive more from everybody and any entire planet. We'll do that right now on three, one, two, three. And a little right, wrong, good, bad, pock, pot, all nine, shorts, boys, and beyonds. And what if you could open the door to a totally new reality for you where everything that does turn you on is totally okay? And what if you don't even need a label for it? What if it's just, wow, I just walked by a flower and my whole body got turned on? What if actually everything on the planet is there to contribute to us, to turn our bodies on, to get us motivated, stimulated, excited, and choosing more and to create greater possibilities in our life? What if none of this is a limitation? What if all of this can be an addition to your life? And if we have no point of view about it, and if it nurtures you, what if it doesn't matter what the name of it is, you just choose it and it contributes to your life, enhances your life, and allows for more to show up? How it, like how much more exciting could your life be if everything in your home turned your body on? Like if you looked at your glass and your body was like, oh, that's awesome. Like what if everything can turn us on and you don't have to have sex with it? What if you can be so turned on by every molecule everywhere in the planet and it doesn't have to have, you don't have to have a sexual relationship with it if you don't want to? And what if you can? If you do, what if it doesn't matter? What if none of it's relevant? I mean, we have dildos. Those are objects. That's objectophilia. You know, you, having sex with an object is basically having utilizing any of the sex toys out there. So in a way, you know, how many women already have that? It's just that they're not marrying their dildos. But maybe they are. Maybe I haven't found those people yet online. So I want to thank all of you for listening tonight, um, Monday night, and for all of you who are listening now to the pre-record. Super grateful for all of you for showing up, turning up, and listening to uh, everything that I research every week and uh, contributing to my show, and I hope that I contribute to your life. If there's anything else that can be a contribution to you, please feel free to contact me at www dot com or Facebook friend me M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C um, and send me a message if you'd like a session if you just want to chat I'd love to have contact with you if you have any show ideas I'd love that too until next week thank you so much for listening and have an awesome awesome week thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.